Morning, team. It's coming up to four minutes past five. It's Wednesday morning, which means on the Steve Allen early breakfast. Steve Hargrave, I've just looked at the blind, actually. I know I've done that wrong. It's gone all lopsided. The blind on the window. How stupid am I? Anyway, never mind. It's got nothing to do with it. It's only because I like to look out and see a street light there. Because I, I watched a video... A video? How old am I? I watched a DVD yesterday, which my, my friend Jackie Gill sent to me. And it's called Yellowstone Park. And it's one of these beautifully produced documentaries on Yellowstone Park. But you've never seen anything like it. Because you think America, Yellowstone Park, you think waterfalls, you think, um, you know, animals, you know, playing in the water and bears fishing and people's taking pictures because it is one of, uh, one of the areas of outstanding beauty. What you probably don't know is that it is a giant volcano and every hundred million years it explodes. And the last time it covered the whole of America with ash. They've also, I mean, it's, it's just, it's so big. And when you, you only know it's that big when you see it from the air. And you can see that I think they said something like 50 miles down, it's bubbling away. And that's why all these, these geysers, which come out of the air, are the air holes. And that's, that's the release for it. But eventually it's going to explode and it'll probably take out the whole of America. Not in your lifetime, not in my lifetime. It's going to be in about 100 million years' time, something like that. But it will explode. No, this documentary looks at Yellowstone Park in the winter where they have up to 50 feet of snow. You've never seen anything like it. It's, it's, it changes from being this... I mean, it's still beautiful. From being this beautiful wilderness to being this completely inhospitable. And I sat there watching it this morning. And there's one guy who's employed in the park over winter, when it's closed, uh, so that he can take the snow off the roof. Some of the, um, some of the roof... Snow piles are as high as 10 feet tall. The snow comes down that heavily. And it's his job to get it off the roof before the entire uh, roof collapses. I promise you, it was the best thing I'd ever watched in ages. I got a whole load of things to watch yesterday. I got some more DVDs in today, including uh, one that I had to get because somebody said, if you don't watch this film, you're missing out on the treat of a, of a lifetime. So I'll tell you about that later. But this one on Yellowstone Park, beautiful. It's got the, the pack of uh, wolves who chase animals, because the animals... It's also got uh, bison in the park, the last wild herd of bison. And they try and eat, but then eventually... And they can live to minus 30 degrees. Once it gets beyond that, they start falling by the wayside, and that's when the wolves pile on top of them. Best thing I ever saw. Best thing I ever saw. Anyway, we've got a lot to get through this morning, including the, the bad news that they might be axing this morning to save money at ITV. Now, I would have no idea how much this morning costs per show, but I would reckon you're looking in excess of £50,000 per show to put out. I would think £50,000 would be about average for that show. It seems a fortune, but I bet you anything, there are probably something like 40 to 60 people working on it. Because on Five's Company, we had 60 people, because I counted them at the end, thinking, my God, there's a lot of people here. By the time you've done... Makeup, and there would be, I would think, at least three makeup artists down there. These are full-time people, five days a week, because it's not, it's not uh, pre-recorded like some of the other shows, like uh, Alan Titchmarsh and Paul O'Grady. This one's live every day. I suppose the good news is that we're actually finally going to get rid of Eamon Holmes off the screen. <laughs> That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Anyway, all of that to one side. I watched a cooking programme yesterday. And it was, it was this one that ITV do, where they've got 32 celebrities. Well, let's, let's use the word celebrity very loosely. 
Because, frankly, if you put up people like Gary Bushell, a nasty little man at the best of times, horrible, horrible man, luckily off mainstream television. You don't see him on mainstream television. He lost his main column. I think he now, I think, writes, does something for the Daily Star on Sunday. And that's about it. Uh, he could have been big, but he was so nasty in his column. I mean, he really was homophobic. I mean, some of the stuff I read on there was dreadful. I remember talking to somebody who he laid into every week on the programme, but kept picking on him because he was gay. And because this person hadn't come out. And in the end, this, this person did an interview. And I said, why did you do an interview with that revolting piece of work, Gary Bushell? He said, it gets him off my back. And that's how it worked. It was, it was quite interesting. Anyway, he, he turned up on this cooking programme. But I was watching last night, Michelle Gale cropped up again. Now, she was only on Come Dine With Me. A few, and I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. And the house that I thought was Michelle Gale's looks like it's her parents' house that she was filmed in. Because her father turned up in this, this cooking program. And also, there was somebody on there last night, because I'm always fascinated when they go, and today's celebrities are, they had Alison Hammond from this morning, who is Man Mountain. I've never seen anybody. I mean, she is, well, she must be clinically obese. I've never seen anybody that size before. And she was doing bread and butter pudding. And I'm thinking, that's why you're hugely overweight. You really, it's un... However, she was with Rebecca Wheatley. Now, come on, hands up. Rebecca Wheatley was in Casualty. And she was the, um, the big one who worked on reception. She's lost 12 stone. She told us 12... Because I didn't recognise, I said, and Rebecca Wheatley, and up comes this stick insect. And I thought, who the dickens are you? And it's, it was that one. I think it's Casualty, one of the hospital dramas. And she's lost 12 stone. And I thought, how wise to pair you against Alison Hammond, who is, I mean, just... I, well, I mean, she was just fat. There's no two ways to describe it. I thought, you've got to go on a diet. You've really got to... But the other side of it, they had the people doing the main courses, and they had... They had the singer, and then they had Carly Hillman. Carly Hillman. Well, I racked my brains. I had no idea. And I looked at her, and they go... And, this is a, and they went round to her parents' house, and she cooked... And, uh, and she was doing Stuffed Heart or something. I'm thinking, Carl, who are you? They said, actress, Carly Hillman. And then it turned out she was in EastEnders. And <laughs> so, so when, when they paired her up with Michelle Gale, uh, they said, have oh, you two ever, ever, you know, because you both come from the same show, did you, did you ever work together? No. <laughs> so, and I'm thinking, who is she? She turned out to play the DeMarco's daughter. Do you remember the DeMarcos? We kicked them out. Go on, hands up. Nine years ago. Nine years ago, she was kicked out. And I thought to myself, and you're still touting the fact you were in EastEnders? Do me a favour, woman. Do me a favour. Anyway, so I then, I came in this morning, and I'm afraid I absolutely had to Google her, because I had to find out, you know, just how, how big an actress she is. And so I went on to Wikipedia. Now, we don't normally trust Wikipedia, but in this particular instance... Uh, Carly Hillman is a British actress, best known for playing Nicky DeMarco in the BBC soap opera EastEnders from 1998 to 2000. And that's it. She's done nothing. Nothing else at all. There she is. And uh, she went on to marry fellow EastEnders star Frankie Fitzgerald, who played Ashley Cotton, whoever he was, soon after Carly left the show. They married in 2001, but divorced less than a year later. So, I mean, I was, I was absolutely gobsmacked that she hadn't done anything else at all. They mentioned something she appeared in, Harry and Kosh. 
Two episodes. Two episodes. So she's then touted on this programme as an actress. Well, I wet myself laughing, I'm afraid. I absolutely wet myself laughing. Why she was on there, God alone knows. She is neither famous... Well, are these all the other people coming up on it? Are these other people... Oh, this is where are they now? God, I got quite panic-stricken, actually, there. I thought, by God, it's, it's plumbed some new depths. So poor old Carly Hillman, British actress, two years, East End, has played Nicky DeMarco. Come on, hands up. Can you ever tell, you know... Comes from Croydon. OK, I don't want to mention anything else, OK? But I had to, I had to look at it and I had to find out who she is because I quite like discovering these things. If somebody says to somebody, they're a celebrity, I want to know why they're a celebrity and what they've done. Dear God in heaven, I've worked more than she has. And even I wouldn't be interested in doing it, but quite clearly, poor delusional Carly Hillman was on there. However, talking about delusional, Andy gave me this one earlier on the news desk. A woman in Florida is in trouble for calling the emergency services three times because, wait for this one, I mean, you think they're barking in this country. Over in Florida, they're worse. She called the emergency services three times because McDonald's were out of chicken McNuggets. 27-year-old Latresa L. Goodman told authorities she paid for a box of ten last week, but was told the restaurant had run out. She claims staff refused to give her a refund, which made her angry. So she called the emergency services. Hang her. Hang her. Sorry. I'm sorry. People... Was so, every time I read that in this country, you know, people say, oh, um, it, it, it's fantastic because... Somebody called the emergency services out because they couldn't get into their flat. Or because their curry was cold. And you think, there are people dropping dead in this country, waiting for an ambulance, and some prat out there has called out because McDonald's runs out of chicken McNuggets. I bet you anything, 27-year-old Latresa L. Goodman is a hefty hideaway girl. I bet she's the size of Alison Hammond. I bet she's huge. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll, 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 we'll get a picture of her. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I tell you. You wait till we go through the morning papers. The stuff on here that's going to... You're just going to be going, oh, my goodness me, not that. We can't believe that they could be axing uh, this morning with Phil and Fern. But if this programme costs that much, 60 grand, and ITV have made such a huge loss, they're going to have to cut it. If they're going to cut uh, Matthew Wright's programme on Channel 5, they've got a 40% less budget... Now, to be honest with you, you don't need three celebrities prattling on. I'm afraid far too many talking heads on these programmes. You really do not need them. They're a total waste of money. You know, lovely though it is for certain people to earn, you know, an extra 250, 300 quid or whatever it happens to be. But frankly, you don't need them. If a presenter can't handle a programme by himself without having overpaid sidekicks, I'm afraid there's no justice. You have to get rid of the programme. And what they end up doing, all these people have to go back to doing what they do properly. What on earth Carol Malone's going to do? I've got no idea. She spends her life turning up on television programmes. You know, much as I love Carol Malone, you just want to cut the hair off, don't you? I want to take the hair and cut it all off. Because it's just looking a little bit 70s now. It's got to go. I think we'll give her the little elfin look. Perhaps sort of the Peaches or Pixie Geldof look. That'll be nice, won't it? Not really, no. But it's worth thinking about this morning. It's 5.15. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. News headlines, 24 hours on, and no one's yet taken responsibility for the terror attack on the Sri Lankan cricket team in Pakistan. Eight people, including six police officers, were killed in the ambush in Lahore, which the country's government say plunged them into a state of war. European branch of General Motors will run out of cash within weeks. 
unless they get government support. That's according to the carmakers' bosses in America. The company's president says a collapse would put up to 300,000 jobs at risk across many countries, including more than 3,000 here in Britain. And up to 500 job losses could be announced at ITV later. A lack of advertising due to the credit crunch has hit the company badly. Long-running show Heartbeat has already been put on ice, and the bill has been reduced to one episode per week. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Uh, A40. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to have company. 18 minutes past five is the time. Actually, poor old Hugh Broom said, don't forget Yogi Bear lives in Yellowstone Park. No, he lived in Jellystone Park. I'm smarter than the average bear. Boo-boo. I remember that. I didn't know Hugh Broom was old enough to remember things like that. Although, actually, does bear more than a striking resemblance to Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear used to go around. He was a rather rotund bear, uh, sort of tallish, and used to have a little tie on at the front. And he said, Mr Ranger, sir, Mr Ranger. You can just see Hugh Broom doing that. I? I can, actually. It's probably a strange fantasy, and I'll probably get into trouble for it later. But I went, you know, what the heck, this morning. Listen, now we've found out who Carly Hillman is. Or not, as the case may be. I'm even more fascinated. Of course, you can tell that I was particularly delighted yesterday, because I'd waited two days for it, um, to discover that Jack Tweed has been found guilty of assaulting a taxi driver. Um, And, you know, you just think perhaps he wants to bring shame on Jade Goody. Perhaps he really wants to make, you know, this girl's... Uh, end happen even quicker because there's no doubt about it he has to go to prison for this he's, he's already been told he faces a custodial sentence it's not going to happen until I think the 26th of March why they can't just sort of say okay you're off to prison now I've got no idea why would we waste three or four weeks on it I've got no idea but they, they've said three or four weeks his uh, lawyer in court said he actually looks after Jade Goody what a load of baloney. What a load of old baloney. He's brought nothing but embarrassment and shame. He's been in prison once. We now know what a nasty little piece of work he is. Put it this way, once you can maybe forgive. You know, you go out and you whack a 15-year-old round the head with a golf club. You know, maybe he just had a bad day. Not twice, thank you very much indeed. Not twice. And uh, it's, it's just absolutely appalling. So he has to go to prison. I reckon he'll, he'll go to prison. I think she'll die before he goes to prison. And that way it'll save the embarrassment because it would have been easier to take him out yesterday. He throttled the taxi driver. He throttled him at 50 miles an hour. A nasty little piece of work. What an embarrassment to your parents you must be, Jack. And what a prat of the first order. You really are a waste of space, aren't you? Uh, Steve, maybe ITV wouldn't have lost so much money if they made quality programmes for older viewers instead of the rubbish they make to attract young people who are all out with their mates anyway. Do you know, that used to be my argument. That used to be my argument. I used to turn on the telly in the early hours of the morning to find something on there that didn't appeal to anybody my age. And yet I'm the person who's got the money. The young people who are watching television have got any money. They're not the people going out buying things. People out buying things are people your age at the moment. Uh, people your age. You're, you're the people who've actually got the disposable income, the over 45s, the over 50s. The kids nowadays have got nothing. They're too busy growing dope, aren't they? Going out and getting smashed on Alco Pops. Ridiculous. So uh, I, th- I think, really, they need to make proper... Pro- they should put the youth programmes on overnight. Whereas mo- most of the kids were out, you know, beating up pensioners and breaking into houses. So I, I think probably ITV... But they do make quality programmes. Can't think of any off the top of my head at the moment. I mean, Heartbeat was considered a quality programme. I thought it was a pile of rubbish myself. You know, all these little cute dramas set of the 60s and things like that. I think the Bill's quality drama. You know, to reduce that to one day a week is, is ridiculous. It's Graham this week. He's been doing his bit on Countdown. I can't quite take to Jeff Stelling and that other girl. It's not quite gelling with me yet. I want Richard Whiteley to come back. Unless we're all going to go and do the programme in heaven, it ain't going to happen, is it? Uh, Steve. 
sold. I want to see the 50-foot snow, Yellowstone Park. No violence between animals, I hope. Have you chosen your outfit for the LBC photo shoot? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I've got two days to decide. I'm going to have to go, I think at some point today, I'm going to have to go and uh, to the laundrette and go and pick up my stuff and see what I've got there. <laughs> uh, another one here. Alison Hammer was on Ready Steady Cook last week. She's another one. You think something that big, she wouldn't be doing, you know, do a slimming programme, love. Don't do something where you eat. God, dear. She has what? Well, she's done fat farming. It hasn't bloody worked. You only have to look at it. A real... I mean, she is gargantuan. I mean, she really is gargantuan. For... In fact, I think she's put on weight. And if seriously, you're doing a thing on television where you're cooking bread and butter pudding. And what is that? That's eggs, cream, butter... I mean, really, dear God in heaven. Uh, Steve, if you check your email, you'd have seen the wonderful picture of Switzerland winter my wife sent you, says Stephen Bridlington. No, we, we check the, um, uh, we check the uh, emails every day. We go through every, everything. We didn't get any from, uh, from there, did we? I don't think. Uh, 84850, steve at Mark, probably not, I'm afraid. Uh, all sold out. Uh, one here, I wish people would stop telling Jade how to conduct herself. If she wants this attention, who are we to complain? Well, nobody's telling her how to conduct herself. But to be honest with you, this guy in the Daily Mail is a journalist, James. He's got cancer as well. Exactly the same. He's been told by his surgeon it's not terminal. I said, that's the difference. He said, however, this, this creepy circus that we're now all involved with, and James O'Brien talked about it the other day, he said, I don't want to see a picture of a woman in an oxygen mask on the front of the papers. You know, it, it reminds... This journalist, James, writing in the mail today, very much of the ladies who sat next to the guillotine, knitting, waiting for the heads to roll as the blood spurted out. That's what you're waiting for. There are sick people who are waiting for her to drop dead so that they can have a picture of, of Jade Goody on the front page dead. That's what you're looking for. And I think it's sick. I think it's now got beyond a joke. I mean, I was talking to some people the other day and they were saying exactly the same. You know, enough is enough now. Enough is enough. I mean, I don't know if every day she gets paid for each particular picture. But to be honest with you, it, it's, it, it has now. Let's let her sort of enjoy the rest of her life. I don't want to hear... When, you know, every day, I'll keep smiling for my little boys. Good! But do it privately. Do it privately. Nobody wants to share it. Oh, Birds of a Feather could be making a comeback. Do you know, isn't it amazing? What, did, what was it? A week ago, we campaigned. It's ridiculous. Bring them out on DVD. But now, apparently, they've been asked to make another series by the team behind the classic BBC sitcom. Now, I think that would work. Pauline Quirk, Linda Robson, Leslie Joseph. I would like to see them. Linda is now 50. She won't thank me for telling you that. Leslie is now 63. And she played Dorian. And Pauline Quirk is 50 as well. So the same age as Linda Robson. And she was Sharon Shazza. I loved the programme. I watched uh, a couple. They've got one, one or two episodes, or the first series, I think, out on DVD. The rest of them haven't come out. So uh, they could be... Whether or not in this day and age you can actually afford to make it, I've got no idea. I, I have a sneaking feeling that they weren't able to afford to make it at the moment, which is rather a shame, because I, I thought it was, a, it was a good little drama with some very good uh, acting, some very good storylines, some lovely people in it. Peter Polycarpu popped up. All sorts of people popped up. I loved it. 84850, steve at Morning, Richie. Who says, what a shame if they kill off this morning. Have you heard of the plan to merge not only Channels 4 and 5, but also ITV as well, creating a super station? Uh, I've also read in the paper this morning that the channel Al Jazeera look to be buying Channel 4. They've expressed an interest. They seem to have limitless money. Um, I don't know whether it's up for sale or not. Yesterday, he says, listening on podcast, you asked if there were many black ramblers. 
He says, I'm sure I recall a topic on Nick Ferrari where someone had said that rambling clubs were going to be banned as they didn't attract ethnic minorities. It never happened. Oh. He says, I love the shameless plug on your zoo video. <laughs> have you seen my zoo video, everybody? Do you know, I have to tell you, it's so funny. There's nearly one and a half thousand people have now looked at it. And, and the little one that we made of the studio here on YouTube, Steve Allen in the LBC studio, has got over 21,000 hits now. We started off with, like, ten, and then gradually it's it built up. In fact, at the time of that one, we were, I think, the third most requested video on YouTube. Well, that's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, how does this work? But I did bump into a guy the other day. I'm constantly bumping into LBC listeners. Yesterday, I'm going to get my lottery tickets from Mr Modi, and there's a guy in there, travelling salesman. You know you get them where they go, you know, buy these cards. I don't know what he was selling. And as I was going out, he went, it, it, it's Steve, isn't it? I went, uh, yes. He said, listen to you every morning, Steve Allen. He said, I've got no idea what you look like. I said, you have now. I said, gorgeous, attractive. You know, what more could you ask for? Seemed fairly happy. I didn't even know what his name is, but he's a travelling salesman. Steve, I wonder if the BBC will start crowing that they need the licence fee as advertising is not a steady enough income. Well, of course, they are running advertising on the BBC. It's just that they don't brand it advertising. I call it product placement. That's, ad- that's advertising as far as I'm concerned. And, and they do it on, on loads of things. Uh, along the same lines as Yogi Bear, do you remember the Hair Bear Bunch? I don't really remember the Hair Bear Bunch. I can't remember that. I do remember Deputy Dog. Uh, I, don't, I remember Captain Caveman briefly in Top Cat. It was Top Cat here, and was it Boss Cat in America, or Boss Cat here and Top Cat in America? But uh, they had the, exactly the same people, exactly the same people. Uh, freezing in Iowa, says Maxine. I love to uh, keep up with your programme. Noreen as well. What an evening of rain we had. I was so hoping it was going to be snowing. I was so I've got a pound on, and I lost my bet. I've got to pay a pound to a lady of Martins. It grieves me. Grieves me. She said, I've seen all the photos on Twitter. You are clever, or was it Alan? It was Alan, I'm afraid. As we were walking over the bridge yesterday, he said, God, we'll we take a picture. So I took a picture of him, he took a picture of me, and then he uploaded it to, uh, to Twitter. So that's on the Dodgster, I think. And uh, she says, by the way, um, Andrea isn't at all as I imagined she looked like. Andrea? Who's Andrea? You mean Amanda? Oh, right. I have a new mobile and it's defeating me. I was texting uh, a friend last night and I took and sent a photo of Brian by mistake. <laughs> you are mad, honestly. You really are. Balmy, balmy, balmy. But we quite like balmy as well. But uh, we've got the rain today, so in case you're going out, take a little umbrella with you. Uh, have the horse racing a little bit later on. I always love it when you have a whole week with Alex because he just gets more tired as the week goes on. He just looks more and more tired, poor soul. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, the thug tweed off to jail, jail, says Rob. Again, I do feel for Jade, but only scum like him would use her predicament to try and avoid jail. Yet another sad chapter that is now part of this crass public circus of the death of a young mother uh, leaving two young children. Very, very sad indeed. This... Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. 28 minutes to 6 Wednesday morning. Uh, Sandra says, I saw you at the Shaw Theatre last year and I listen most mornings, and if I can't, I podcast. Normally driving down the M11 when the show starts makes the drive enjoyable. You did make me laugh. Remember yesterday? I don't know if you, if you, if you haven't podcast yesterday's programme, Alan Dodge and Laughing, always guaranteed a winner. I mean, you'll just... You laugh till your sides ache. There's something about... You've only got to play The Laughing Policeman by Charles Penrose and to hear somebody else laughing makes you laugh as well. I don't know why. We just It's an automatic thing. And Alan Dodgen laughing yesterday, he just, he just laughs and laughs and laughs and then it's just infectious and the rest of us get caught up in it. 
Very funny yesterday. Uh, it's Sandra's 40th wedding anniversary on Sunday. Ooh! 40th wedding anniversary. I've got a bigger one, actually. A bigger wedding anniversary coming up. But, she says, could you tell Bill, my husband, I love him very much, and I look forward to many more years. It's also my 60th on the 22nd of March. Dear God in heaven. What a year to celebrate. So, what are you doing? I spilled it yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah, spilled it all over this side yesterday. It looked like a little fountain from Yellowstone Park. Or as Hugh Broom would say, Jellystone Park. But uh, anyway, so happy 60th on the 22nd, Sandra. And she says happy birthday to you for later in the month. Exactly, I'm a bit before you, I'm 17th. And also good luck for your 40th wedding anniversary on Sunday. How nice, how nice. Adrian's been working early shifts at Heathrow. He says, I have you on in the car every morning. I've been laughing out loud, looking forward to my drive up from Brighton. I must be mad. Kind of makes the journey go better, doesn't it? If you've got something interesting to listen to on the radio. If you've got, you know, some people just like listening to music. I can't, it just sends me to sleep. If I'm sitting in the car, I'm like, whereas if, if you listen to something that gets you going, you can either agree or disagree. I mean, I couldn't care less either way, to be honest with you. But it's always nice to get texts and emails, so thank you for that. Uh, also, thank you to uh, Lindsay. And Lindsay says, you mentioned yesterday, Steve, a film with Audrey Hepburn where she plays a blind woman. The film was called Wait Until Dark. I know this. As my amateur theatre group, Parkside Players in Goodmays Lane, Ilford, are performing the play this week. I now regularly podcast your show, listening live on Sundays, but love all of them. So the Parkside Players in Goodmays Lane in Ilford are doing Wait Until Dark. Go and support things like that. Good luck to you all. Good luck. Uh, another one here from, uh, from Sherry. Who says, I'm a resident of Twickers. Oh dear God, I was saying the other day, I know, is there any purpose in being a resident of, of Twickenham anymore? It's, it's just charity shops and coffee shops now. How they make a living, I've got no idea. But, she says, you mentioned a film called The Shop Around the Corner. So when it came on the TCM channel, I think that's Turner Classic Movies channel, I recorded it and saved it to watch with my mum. She's elderly and has mild dementia, but she really enjoyed it, and Jimmy Stewart is a real favourite. So in between the acerbic remarks, you're a bit of a softie. Don't be so ridiculous, woman. I've never been called a softie. Pfft, I should think so. Uh, a good film. What about the character near the end, Rudy? He was the oldest-looking 17-year-old I've ever seen. He was 40 if he was a day. I know, but Hollywood didn't ha- really have that many kids at the time. And uh, Rudy got taken out for lunch by the owner of the shop, which was it's a really good film. Not seeing the shop around the corner. It's very, very good indeed. Uh, thank you to John and Carl Sholton, who says, 50 years ago today, uh, which was yesterday... 3rd of March, London Transport commenced the withdrawal of its trolleybus fleet of over 1,800 vehicles, taking three years to do so, culminating in Kingston in May of 62. Today, 50 years ago, Route 654 last operated between Sutton and Crystal Palace, and the 696 and the 698 between Woolwich and Dartford and Bexley Heath. Boris Johnson talks about electric cars, but he should strive for a return to the electric trolleybus which can be found in many towns and cities throughout Europe. When there was heavy snow at the beginning of 62, London's trolley buses kept on running. They were reliable, pollution-free vehicles which provided a silent service. Go on, many of you, put your hands up now. You remember trolley buses, don't you? I just love trolley buses. And they're quite right, actually, around, around Europe, trolley buses are still operating in trams. I mean, Vienna's still got its tram system. It's lovely. I mean, why are we kind of stuff like that? I've got no idea. Uh, one from Richie in Chingford who says our local municipal leisure centre and swimming pool has finally put up warning signs alongside their disabled parking bays, warning that miscreants will be clamped and fined. Apparently a woman was clamped the other day and she apparently stood there in tears while she received a substantial fine for her selfish behaviour. If she'd been taken to task by anyone other than the clamping firm, she'd have more than likely given them abuse. Fantastic. My heart bleeds, says Richie. Not. I'd have paid good money to see her stood there whimpering. I hate people who park in disabled bays. 
They're the sickest people in the world, ladies and gentlemen. They really are. They're meanies. They're horrible. They probably beat their children as well and, and probably eat rabbits. Or something like that. Anyway. Uh, sorry? You, live rabbits. They probably eat live rabbits, including the fur. They're that horrible. Uh, Leslie Joseph is 70. She better not be. She better not be. Hugh Broom says there's nothing wrong with eating. He's got some trouble. Hugh Bro- Talk about boring. I tell you, you go out for dinner with Hugh Broom. All he talks about... Bloody travel. Oh, dear Lord above. You know, you'd think, you know, somebody could get, you know, they leave work, put it behind. No. You sit down for dinner with him and he goes, so anyway, the A11. You go, oh, no. And that's just before you've even started eating. And then he goes, of course, the A326 the other week, I went down that and I found a pothole. And he sort of becomes a little bit like one of these people who is sort of, are very interesting when I'm invited out for dinner. Oh, no, and the, and the, M, the M3, well, there you go. I mean, there's a motorway. When that was first built in 1970, he goes on and on about... He's got all these books at home. He's, he's got a little library on fascinating facts about motorways, like how many rabbits live alongside them, and where is the best point to sort of get out of the car and take a picture of Motorway Bridge. He's got, he's got a little library, and he's a, mem- he's a member of this club. I don't, I don't really know what sort of people they are. I think they're all travel reporters, and they all phone each other up, and they go, hello, and they go, hello... What did you see today? Oh, I saw something very interesting. I was driving down the motorway, and I was going at a, at a leisurely speed, 50 miles an hour, and, and this car passed me at 52. And I remember thinking, I'll mention him on my bulletin tomorrow. They're all like that. They're all mad as March hares. Completely crackers. They really are. And so it's all these books, and he sends out Christmas cards. You want to see, I've got last year's Christmas card from Hugh Broom. It's a picture of him standing next to a motorway bridge. You know, I've actually drawn somebody dropping a brick from the top of it just to make it more interesting, but it, it's just... <laughs> it's, it's quite sweet, really. Not a bit dull, but anyway. Uh, other things coming up on LBC this morning. Oh, the paper reviewer today is Eve Pollard, ex-editor of the Sunday Mirror and Sunday Express and author. Oh, we know all sorts of stories about Eve Pollard. But uh, Corinne Sweet is going to be talking about Will Coping with Jade's Death Put Tweed on the Straight and Narrow? I'm hoping so, but I have a feeling he's not quite intelligent enough for it. Uh, Jim Fletcher has sent me in something from Walthamstow uh, about the last flying Vulcan. I think it's a good news story as well, and I'm going to propose that to the uh, news desk a little bit later on. Uh, Steve uh, will be here to take a look at the, uh, at the gigs a little bit later on. And we've got the papers as well. I've got to go through the papers. Let me just... I'll tell you what, let me, let's just pick one at random. Let's pick the, uh, the sun today. Surprise, surprise, Jade Goody on the front page. Uh, also... Inside, Paris Hilton is having a £200,000 diamond-encrusted dashboard made for her pink Bentley. How disgusting. How revolting. Sharon Osbourne's being sued uh, over a catfight with a contestant on the reality show. Do you remember the model, Megan Hauserman, and she threw a glass of water over her? In fact, they, they repeated it as well when she was on with Piers Morgan. Mm. Oh, sorry, I had to have a glass of cold water. It's just delicious. Yum, yum, yum. So I'm an expert on water. Hugh Broom, expert on motorway bridges. Me, expert on water, which is lovely. Uh, Michelle Obama has thanked singer Beyonce for being her role model for her daughter. It's good news. Jack Tweed leaving court. Convicted thug. Second time. Second time. Um, what else? I'm trying to find some. Oh, Michael Jackson has arrived in Britain to announce plans for his comeback. £150 million. Somebody's financing that, aren't they? I wonder who's financing it. Uh, a picture of the Camerons as they... Uh, Bade a sad farewell to their son, Ivan, with the song, You Are So Beautiful. Terrible day for them. Absolutely terrible day. And Bamba Gascoigne says, The BBC have a lot to answer for. This is the Smarty Pants TV quiz show University Challenge, rocked by the disqualification of this year's winners. I mean, it's not rocked by it at all. It's just a load of old rubbish, I'm afraid. Don't believe it. Jane Moore uh, talks about 
uh, here. Now, what was the one that I agreed? Oh, yes, Kimberly Swan. Come on, hands up. Kimberly Swan is... She's the, the girl. She complained on Facebook about her boring job. The teenager wrote, all I do is shred, hole punch and scan paper, OMG. And Jane Moore says, at 16 and with no further qualifications, just what did she expect to be doing? Chairing shareholder meetings? Answer no. You'd have got rid of Kimberly Swan as well. A complete plank of the first order, I'm afraid. Uh, Shows under threat. They say here, much love telly shows, because my still grade will announce the cuts this morning. He's expected to reveal that revenue has plunged 15% in a year. So Ant and Deck have already hinted they may not stay. I don't know where they're going to go to. The trouble is, if if companies like ITV and the BBC and Channel 5 and Channel 4 start cutting back, there's nowhere for these people to go. People on television, as you know, have earned huge sums of money. In fact, I think they were saying the other day that Jonathan Ross's salary is bigger than the budget for, I think, one of the BBC's flagship radio programmes. And that's when it's got completely out of hand. Although, you know, if that's what the agents can get, good for them. Um, ITV may be forced to close their lead studio, keeping only the Emmerdale set. Uh, They did cut 1,000 jobs last year. They now reckon 750 will will go. 750 people could go from ITV, which will take take that story a little bit later. Oh, she is. Princess Beatrice and Eugenie. Yeah, they're out there because they made a film. Apparently, uh, the film was inspired by Sarah Ferguson. And there's me thinking it would just involve somebody lying down having their toes sucked. How naive of me. Goodness sake. No, turns out to be Queen Victoria. Remember Queen Victoria? She was a funny little old woman. Never believed that lesbians existed. Do you remember that? She was absolutely... She never, well, I don't think so. No, lesbians can't exist. Yeah, right, dear. I bet you were surrounded by them. But I have walked the same corridors as Queen Victoria. But last night, uh, Princess Beatrice and Eugenie... Uh, went out there because one of them, the horsey-looking one, the deeply unattractive one, uh, was in the film. But, I mean, she wasn't a star, and she didn't actually say anything. She just stood there, sort of, kind of propping a corner up. She was what's commonly known as an extra. An extra what? I've got no idea. But they were out there wearing dresses, and, um, and, and it was freezing cold last night, and they haven't got any coats on. What is it with these people who go out without coats on? It must be, if you put that in the blog, I can tell you, just made a note of that one. I don't know, honestly. My blog yesterday was very, very funny. Funny every day, but it was funnier yesterday. 84850, uh, Angela says, won't that please Richard and Judy? Yes, kill off this morning, do everyone a favour. Radio is so much better. Stephen Bridlington, we sent the pictures at tea time to steveallen at lbc.com. Well, how ridiculous. I mean, how long have you been listening? Since when has it ever been that? Steve at lbc.co.uk. I only say it about 15 times an hour. So, and then you said it's a completely wrong one. It's ridiculous, honestly. Uh, I was saying years ago, Steve, we wouldn't be happy until we see a celebrity die live on television and we're practically there. Oh, I I agree with you. The interview with Piers Morgan has been put on hold at the moment. Um, Steve, talking of brooms and travel, has Joanne Webb finished her maternity leave yet? No, not just yet. She's got a little bit longer to go. Uh, Another one here says, trolley buses ran on overhead electric cables. So apart from the passengers who got electrocuted, they were great. Yeah, but they didn't. They used to have a man who pulled it down on a... Pu- I know this. I don't know how I know this. And then used to move it to another thing, and so it could go on another line. There you go. Stephen Harlington says, I bet the BBC... Sees what? Hugh. Oh, you see, that's the trouble. See, the trouble is Hugh now is now addicted to this programme. He, he, he can't get enough of it, can he? You'd think he'd be drawing and colouring and pic- pictures of buses and motor cars and things like that. The I Spy book of cars. I bet Hugh Broom's got a whole collection of those from his childhood. You know, and today I'm going to colour in... 
the taxi. I don't know what colour. I'm going to make it yellow. It's going to be a yellow taxi. And I'm going to write my name on the side, Hugh Broom Travel. And it's... <laughs> uh, I've, you've now made me forget where I've got to. Uh, 84850. Oh, yes, Steve says, I bet the BBC doesn't make any cuts. Their money's guaranteed. They rob us all every year. And Lynn says, yesterday we talked about favourite adverts. The one I loved the most was the cartoon of the dog being served by the manservant. No, no, no. It's, it's not as good, I'm afraid, as the Cadbury's one with the girl with the balloon and the expression on her face. It just makes you die every single time. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, they found a Dalek in a pond. Do-do-do-do-do. Have they found one? Extract me. Extract me. And it's in a pond. We'll tell you about it later. Quarter to six, news headlines. Coronation Street and Emmerdale could become victims of the credit crunch today. ITV's announcing its financial results this morning. 500 job cuts are expected. It's being described as the most important speech of the Prime Minister's life. Gordon Brown's addressing Congress later to urge America not to look after themselves as they find a way out of the credit crunch. And Michael Jackson's reportedly going to play a residency at the O2 in the summer. He's giving a press conference in Greenwich tomorrow. The 50-year-old is already thought to be in London, staying at the Lanesborough Hotel in Knightsbridge. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. Oh, it's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, the a 40s all real. It's uh, 13 minutes to six. Jamie, in Costco in Watford, says, when are you going to come in and brighten up the day? Are you well? Are you good today? Last time I went to see Jamie, she was <laughs> suffering with this blooming cold, poor soul. And uh, I went in there, and I was, I was like, sort of watching her from afar. It's a little bit, this is a little bit like stalking, I'm afraid. But are you in the office now? You've been, you've been moved on, uh, onwards and upwards. She's lovely as Jamie, she really is. Listen, I hope you have a nice day. I will be in soon. I'm just waiting for my car to come back. I'm having beep, beep, beep things fitted and, uh, and a new radiator at the moment because my last one cracked. Typical, isn't it? How these things crack, I've got no idea. But uh, I will be in soon, Jamie. Fear not. And I hope you have a, a nice day today. So they found this uh, Dalek. They were, they were sort of digging through a pond, pulling up branches and weeds, and then the mud-covered head of a Dalek emerged. And they reckon that it must have been there about 30 years when they were doing some filming round there. Uh, one of the dome's lights was smashed, but the ice stalk was intact. How fab is that? What if they get the whole Dalek out? Then they're now gonna, they've all agreed to keep the pond's exact location under wraps. Ha <laughs> ha! I know. Uh, Steve, I drive the bus 490 from Richmond to Heathrow, Terminal 5. What I fail to understand is why people don't say thank you or good morning anymore when getting on or off the bus. They don't, do they? Sometimes I've, I've sat on a bus and I've heard somebody say, thank you, driver. And that's, that's about as far as it goes. Poor Ivor lent me his book a short while ago, and I haven't got my car back, so it's still sitting in the boot. Poor lad must be wondering when he's going to get the thing back. You will get it back, I promise you. Uh, can you wish my mum, Pat, a very happy birthday for today? We both adore you, and this will make her day, says Miranda in West Sussex. West Sussex. That sounds lovely, isn't it? Sounds lovely. 84850, uh, Mark says, it was my birthday yesterday, so I had a lay-in, woke up at 6.55 and missed the show. <laughs> lovely. Good for you. Uh, Steve, I agree with what you said about Jade. She should be quiet and get on with her life. Um, you see, the trouble is, but that's what she wants to do. I just don't think we should be watching it. I think it's, it's just, uh, it's just not, not pleasant anymore. I don't think we should be watching this kind of thing. Not nice at all, I'm afraid. And it is on the front pages and everybody's talked about it. And 99% of you seem to agree. Interesting. 84850, uk. The simple fact is ITV need a, uh, a Sir John Harvey Jones rescue plan, and such a plan will hurt before it produces results, says Martine. 
I agree. But what is the answer when you're paying huge amounts of money? I remember when... Uh, I can remember, I can tell you exactly what the budget was for the Channel 5 show that I did, and it was astronomical. I remember thinking at the time, I mean, television has got far more money than radio. For example, the equivalent show on ITV, the, the one thing you have to do if you really want to check and find out how many people work on it is, is record it and then slow down the credits at the end. You have a look at the end of, uh, well, any programme, any consumer-based programme, any of the lunchtime programmes, there'll be like 30 people working on it. 30 people. The equivalent programme on radio, two. That's why radio can, uh, can afford to turn things out and television is now facing, you know, the final frontier because they've wasted too much money. Within a short space of time, when we, we had this television programme on Channel 5 years and years ago, strangely, no clips on YouTube, and yet I've got copies of every one of the shows. Perhaps I should upload them, just me. Um, but they, they had sweatshirts, T-shirts, they had all the cards that you, that you wrote your questions on, all had Channel 5 written on the back and Five's company. They had everything. It was all, the merchandising was there. There were cups, there were mugs, there was jackets. I mean, everything. This before we went on air. It's, it, it now costs a small fortune. You know that LBC is having photos done this Friday. Um, and I suspect they'll just be for the internet because people don't produce the photo cards as you used to before, which is rather a shame because people would go out and, uh, and sign them. I think, you know, John and uh, all the team when they were at Croydon and Paul and Alan were signing cards because they'd had photos made up. And they were signed. But very rarely do you get that now. We had brochures done for the shows last year, but that was it. We don't have photo cards done anymore, mainly because if you have photo cards done for one, you have them done for everybody. And it's, it's sad to report that some people uh, get rid of their photo cards very quickly and other people, they sit there for ages and ages and ages. And we used to have cupboards at LBC full of presenters' photos because nobody requests them. Why would you want somebody's photo who, uh, who did one programme a week and it was on religious subjects? You, would, you just wouldn't write in. Whereas somebody like The Breakfast Show, they, they would get through hundreds of them. Hundreds. I myself used to get through at least one a year. It was fantastic. Uh, another one here. Uh, this says, uh, I discovered you when I was in London recently. And I agree. Birds of a feather on DVD, please. Well, if they have their way, you, you're, you're going to get the whole lot. You're going to get them all back again with a new series. I quite like that. Although, we did see To the Man of Born, and that never worked, did it? The Christmas one never worked at all. Because they, didn't, they hadn't aged as we wanted them to age, I'm afraid. Dawn, Morning Dawn, says there are too many gigs on the same day this week. I'm going to see Noah and the Whale at the Shepherd's Bush Empire this Friday. Only London gig on their tour. But I also like the Ting Tings, and they've got their only London gig on their tour on Friday. And Alistair Griffin is doing a gig in York on Friday that I would have liked to go to. You can do magic. Can't you split me into three? <laughs> Probably a joke there, isn't there? Knowing my luck, Steve Hargrave will mention another gig today that will also be on Friday that I would like to go to. So he's back on today. I'm a bit tired here now after seeing Alistair Griffin at the Cobden Club last night. Great gig. And it was gone 1am when I got into bed... 1am. 1am. I got an email the other day from my boss saying they've got... Um, oh, she is horsey, isn't she? Uh, they, um, <laughs> they're they doing West Side Story down at Wimbledon. And, of course, I, look at this, an extra having a hair done. Oh, God, it's even more unattractive. Sorry. And, um, and I, I can't go because it starts at 6.30. I'm in bed at 6.30. I'd love to have gone, but I can't do these things. Uh, Ray says, today, Viv and I... So, do you know, everybody's celebrating today. Ray and Balham and Viv celebrate... 31 years married. During this time, we've experienced many ups and downs, and our lives have been anything but uneventful. Where did all the years go? Do you know, you and I ask the same question every day. I said to somebody the other day, I've now got to that stage where I like talking about the old days. 
Because, to be honest with you, we, we actually think, probably naively, that they were, they were better. But you're right. The years go by so quickly. When they said the other day the Queen Mother died seven years ago, I went, are you sure? Seems like yesterday. Absolutely seems like yesterday, but seven years ago. It's quite, quite frightening, I'm afraid. Quite frightening. Um, I'm happy to be part of your uh, listening audience. There you go. Um, uh, another one here. From, uh, this is from uh, Aisha, who says, Yesterday, Jenny Barnett verbalised her appreciation for you. There you go. Unlike her friend and family. What's that mean? I don't know. What did you reveal about her? What about Jenny Barnett? Oh, we did that thing the other day where we said she had a crop top on. She had a crop top. That was a funny thing, Aisha. I think, I think Jenny lied. Every time I see her, she tries to snog me. Every time she tries to snog me. Every time I'm... I bet you today she'll try and snog me again. She does it all the time. Constantly. Uh, Paul says, I agree, it would be nice to see Birds of a Feather back. The only thing is, do you remember the other year when the BBC shot themselves in the foot with the revival of the Liver Birds? It absolutely bombed. ITV have not been blameless either. Look at the different versions of Crossroads and Sunday Night at the London Palladium. Mm-hmm. By the way, read Jade. I thought Max said once the wedding was recorded, no more would be shown. Uh, at least with Mr Tweedaway, he won't be able to look after her boys. Well, I think that's already been decided, hasn't it, that he won't be allowed anywhere near them. You don't want a man convicted of thuggery twice to be allowed anywhere near children, I'm afraid. I don't care who he is, and I don't care what's happening in their private life. You don't want him anywhere near children. He throttles a 50-year-old man, threatens to stab him. Uh, he th- whacks a 15-year-old boy around the head with a golf club. This is after drink. I mean, it's, there's something... Uh, Terribly the matter with them, I'm afraid. Uh, Martine says, these two stars have one thing in common. They can talk, but what real talent have they got? The alternative community uses talent like mine. Sword balancing, anybody? I like that idea, sword balancing. Uh, What is a Dalek, says Dave. Uh, Dave, unfortunately, isn't in this country. He's in a place called Burnie, which is foreign. I think it's uh, it's America somewhere. Uh, A Dalek is a... um, How do you explain a Dalek to somebody? It looks like, um, well, I don't know. I think you have to go onto the internet and type it. It's a, yes, it's, it's a little creature encased in a metal case with a thing at the front that looks like somebody's holding a sink plunger. I am at, and it's like that, and it speaks like that. If you go to YouTube and type in Dalek, D-A-L-E-K, you'll have a picture of it. And it's lovely, actually. It's lovely. <laughs> I think so. Uh, the problem with the whole Jade thing is the media bringing it up. So LBC being part of the media should stop talking about it. Unfortunately, Ellis, it's on the front page of every paper and it's called news. Disappointing though it might be, it's news and it's on there. Uh, Rihanna has told police she does not want to press charges against boyfriend Chris Brown for allegedly battering her. Um, I think his career is stone dead. Unfortunately, she does herself no favours or any other woman who has ever been attacked by a man. You remember, of course, some years ago after Paul Gascoigne beat up his wife... And uh, and so she got rid of him, and then she goes back to him. Leopards never change their spots. And this will probably not be the first time that it will happen to Rihanna. It will happen again and again and again, because some men just like beating up women. There was a refuge in Chiswick for women who'd been beaten up, started by Erin Pitsy. And uh, people said, oh, you know, that you're never going to fill that up. Women were banging on their doors late at night because they'd been beaten up by their men. Women who were too frightened to actually go uh, back there. So... I think that any woman who is beaten up by a man or touched or throttled or anything, you report it to the police. If necessary, yeah, get the hell out of there as quick as possible. Simple as that. Coming up to the news at six o'clock. Other stories in the papers today we will get round to, including pop star JK, 
distraught after his million-pound Ferrari was smashed up by a vandal. I mean, it's just appalling, isn't it, really? I mean, I don't agree with any sort of vandal. I'm not a big fan of JK. But for somebody to go out and do that, apparently he was bragging about this car. It's very rare. And somebody, they've, they've arrested at the moment a pastry chef from the hotel where he was staying, a pastry chef, uh, for causing damage. Details will probably come up in the course of the week. It's LBC. Your home. From your point... Morning, everybody. It's seven minutes past six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, LBC 97.3. Wet, 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 all over the place. Uh, strange enough, yesterday morning at 6.20, says Rosalind, you mentioned firsts in the world of TV commercials. Your listeners might like to see the first UK TV advert, as it was then known, and listen to the music. All you have to do is put Gibbs SR toothpaste into YouTube and step back to 1955. The music is by Fountain and Stream, the composer, Kenneth Essex, publisher, DeWolf. Don't forget to show it to your mum or your gran on Mother's Day. And that's Rosalind DeWolf, who's at DeWolf Music. So there you go. So it's on YouTube, and it's the first UK TV advert, Gibbs SR. I remember it very well. I wish I didn't, but I do, <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, and I've also been sent in Elmo's Potty Time. Remember Elmo from Sesame Street? Well, they brought out something to train kids to use potties. Why it's been sent to me, I have no idea. It says you might like that one. So potty training can be fun. And uh, Sesame Street's Elmo is on hand to help out. And uh, this is... Oh, it's a DVD. Oh, it's not just a song. It's a DVD as well, which is quite nice. And it's from uh, Abbey Home Media. Elmo's potty time to train to... Do you know, can you remember back? Some people say that they can remember being babies. And they remember being in cots and stuff. I can't remember any of that. And I'm, I don't believe people who say that. Maybe say, I remember standing up in the cot, and you think, oh, you can't do, for goodness sake. It's not possible, is it? Uh, and then you think, well, if you remember that, you must remember potty time. Actually, I remember Michael Benting's potty time, which was a very good television programme. Now, here's a long letter, which came in from, uh, from Jill, who comes from Strawberry Hill. And she says, just a few lines to let you know that I've been a very regular listener of yours for years. And today is our 51st wedding anniversary. 51st. So for Jill and her husband... He says, desperately trying to scan through to see if I can find her husband's name. And at the moment, I can't. But uh, he's still very active at 80. I think that's far too much information. But she says here, being today as our 51st wedding anniversary, and on Friday, the 6th of March, it's my 75th birthday. And I was hoping, as you and your colleagues are having up-to-date photos, that you could send me some copies. She said, we don't have any of these modern technical machines, like text or email or computers. And so we're unable to visualise any of you. Although she says, I did catch a glimpse of your good self in Twickenham last year. We also share the same doctor. All these things to share, isn't it great? You know, we've got something in common like that. And uh, everything else. And also knows Di from the British Legion. And, uh, oh, she's like, we love Di. She works in the doctor's surgery as well, and we give stuff to the British Legion as well. And she says, cousins, the greengrocers, we're friendly with, as we know a lot of their suppliers, as my father was in the same business, and my husband knows the family well. I could go on, says Jill, but maybe another time. Listen, you have a great 51st wedding anniversary, you and the old man, and, uh, and happy birthday to you as well for Friday. 75th birthday. Many happy returns of the day, and we shall probably bump into each other in Twickenham at some point. Other stories in the papers this morning, because I know if you're driving into town at the moment, you want to know what the pages are doing. And it's Jade Goody, Jade Goody. Uh, the Daily Star say good news at last. I don't know what the good news is, because we haven't had a chance to whiz through it. However, singer Will Young has launched a sensational four-letter tele-attack on Louis Walsh. Apparently his verbal blast comes after the Irish pop boss called the ex-pop idol winner pretentious. 
On hearing about that slur, Will... First of all, said, oh, well, he's entitled to his opinion. It's upsetting, but you have to be tough. However, he later came face-to-face with the Westlife manager during a guest appearance on The X Factor. Will confided, Louis did upset me, but I'm OK with it now. If I see him again, I shall be extremely polite, because my motto has always been, don't sink to their level. And he calls him a very rude word. I can't even give you the first letter of it. It's far too rude. But, in fact, it's a South Bank show special. It's on ITV1 on... Oh, it's on my birthday, Tuesday, March the 17th. Will Young. So now you now you know... But actually, I know lots of people who rant over... It's so funny, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't make it... If you rant over somebody, who, who cares? Nobody really cares, unless you're sort of desperately uh, insecure about the whole thing. I see that poor old Robbie Williams, poor lonely Robbie Williams, has been invited to join his new alien-watching neighbours. Gets worse, I'm afraid. The singer can now study the skies above his new mansion with members of the Swindon UFO Research and Wiltshire Phenomena Research... I mean, just the words UFO and Swindon together is enough to make you reach for the whiskey bottle. Robbie will also be able to use their special 24-hour hotline to report any unusual sightings. The group's organiser, Chris Williams, says, I'm sure Robbie would find our meetings fascinating. Wiltshire has a rich rich history of unexplained phenomena. I know, the people alone are worth investigating. Uh, Robbie has moved from L.A. You're from L.A., are you? Uh, So you're from uh, Wiltshire, are you? Well, that explains a lot. (laughs) Did you arrive in a silver spacecraft or something some years ago? There you go. Uh, Robbie, who's moved from L.A., has told of his dream of being a ufologist. Yes. We also dream of seeing you taken up in a little flying saucer and disappearing off, for goodness sake. There you go. Uh, Other stories in the paper. It's um, the world's best mummy. Uh, This is uh, Jade. They say here, joy for Jade as Jack beats jail. Great. I'm sure the taxi driver who was throttled and threatened with a knife is equally thrilled. Although he said in one of the papers, you know, he doesn't... uh, he doesn't um, bear any grudge against Jade at all, but the person who probably nearly killed him in the back of his car deserves to go to prison. Absolutely. So we'll wait and see there. More on this ITV bloodbath. You'll hear about that a little bit later on. And EastEnders all-black episode sparked more than 300 complaints. Why? Why? Goodness. People got nothing better to... I think, you know what happens now? I think what happens is somebody will complain and somebody says, I think I'll jump on that bandwagon. So people sit there and go, oh, I'm going to write on my email. And they then send something off it. And so it goes on. Uh, Have you seen a film called The Day Television Died? Made a couple of years ago. Made for the Television Society, says Paul in Manchester. I have not. I have not. But it it sounds very interesting. Um, Ray in Balham says, Viv has just asked me to ask you if you could sing us a little song for our anniversary. I have a feeling she hasn't taken her medication yet. Or I have a feeling that she might want to take medication. After. Now, you know that I'm, you only got to ask me to sing, and I sing for you. And unfortunately, this morning, I'm a little horse. Well, it's more a little pony, but it's still a little horse. OK, so may- maybe later, or even tomorrow, perhaps a whole programme just dedicated to you and Viv. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past six, Will says. Steve, as people are remembering uh, things today, in October, it'll be 22 years that I've been listening to you. Remember the night is young in the 80s or Saturday night out? I do. I remember absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. Most of them, anyway. 22 years. I think I must be one of the very few presenters who actually gets people listening for any length of time. Especially Steve. I was trying to remember the other day, the first time that I bumped into Steve Hargrave. And, you know, for the life of me, that part of my life has been eradicated. I can't remember at all. But he's with us now, so maybe you can help. Morning, Stevie. (laughs) I remember it well. Where? Where was it? Oh... I think we were, it was in a, in a dark disco. We looked over the room. 
I think uh, you were doing some sort of dance. And... <laughs> I think Our I was the met. entertainment. Our <laughs> eyes met and you went, you're Steve Allen. And I went, and you're who? <laughs> and I'm still asking the question. <laughs> Everyone is, Steve. Everyone is. <laughs> well, it's, well, I mean, th- this must be the first week. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming now jet lag in reverse. So you, you've now got your little bit of jet lag over and done with. And now yes. you're knuckling down. Yeah, back into it, back into it. I, it was, uh, was the worst I had it actually coming back. Yeah. I was really, really just dead to the world. It's difficult, um, isn't it? Last weekend. Yeah, I, maybe it's just because I am a bit older now. and yeah. Another year older, it just got another bit, another little bit harder. Um, really, they couldn't adjust back to it, but yeah. I'm all right now. Well, at least you're all right. You're up and you're up. And, are you dressed? No, probably not. I am dressed. Oh, you are dressed. Of course. Um, I'm still got you. Suited and boot. I always like to put a suit on this time of the morning oh, with, I think it's with a tie. Yeah, and a, and a hat. And a hat. To sort of to feel proper and awake. So you're sitting there by sort of you know on the edge of your bowler bed, hat. wearing a little hat. Oh, a bowler hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a bit worried about about the music this morning because it's changed from what it was originally. It's changed. It's changed, because we had different things on the first list, and then you changed yeah. your mind completely and went on to another one, so we've now ended well, up with Peter, Bjorn and John. I think that was that was a jet lag. It was, it uh, was. indecision. <laughs> I couldn't quite decide. <laughs> and how. <laughs> anyway, Peter, Peter, Bjorn and John, they're from Sweden. Of course. And uh, they did the whistling song. I was going to try and exactly uh, Young Folks, the song. It was the whistling song. It was, uh, I don't know, um, um, if I can whistle... know that song it was on an advert it no. was everywhere it was, no okay I, I won't I do anymore i won't just start in the morning but i did manage to whistle that was quite impressive was, I, was, uh, I was impressed actually thank you very much they're, they're returning uh they've got a kind of weird new song an album called living thing that this this album is actually very good they're, they're really nice really sort of poppy rocky good fun upbeat band uh they play tomorrow at the scala and uh, so we've got a track, which is the single that's currently knocking around, which is called, uh, let's have a little listen, what's it called? Nothing to Worry About. It's a bit rocky for me at this time of the morning. Well, it's good driving. That's why you want to put that on when you're driving. No, 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 you want to listen to this station when you're driving. You want to listen to this <laughs> station in one ear and have this on. I don't think <laughs> dangerous. Steve Allen in one ear and, uh, no, and winter sleep in the other. Don't even start thinking about the air. That sounds like we're condoning the use of earphones and cars. Absolutely, and you shouldn't. Bad idea. Very, very bad idea. Don't do that. No, constantly listen to LBC. Never listen to music. Okay, Dan Auerbach, first of all, finally. Dan Auerbach, yeah, we did play a track of this, I think, a month or so Mm. ago, but this album is just growing on me constantly, and it's it's so good. I reckon it'll be there at the end of the year still, in the the Hargrave Top Ten list. That that, that list that everyone wants to get on at the end of the year. This is it. They want to be there. They want to be there. Um, Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys normally. He had uh, an album out uh, called Keep It Hid, uh, which is available on vinyl, which is really, really good. I've got into records again. I've got oh. into buying records. you finally come into the real world. I've got, I'm getting older and I'm appreciating <laughs> the vinyl. Uh, he's playing, he's just announced a show uh, this week at the Isn't It? Well, not this week, it's at the Isn't It? Academy on May the 14th. Tickets are available now. Dan Auerbach. This is a, it's a slower song, very quiet, this one, but it's very nice. It's a song called Trouble Weighs a Ton. What's wrong? I'm sorry, here, in the car, drive, and drive over the cliff. <laughs> you need a hair Drive over the cliff and end your life because everybody go, oh, never. God, blimey, it's, I tell you. Talk about depressing. It's not depressing, it's beautiful. I was throwing ropes over beams in here, it was that depressing. 
It is a beautiful album. It's, it needs Give it to a be. chance. I know. I can see people sitting there. I mean, it's like listening to, I don't know, early... I'm trying to think of songs I used to listen to years ago. Mockingbird by Barclay James Harvest. That was it's enough it's to send you over the edge. It's <laughs> not going to send you... The, it's a lovely album. It's not all like that. It's very... It is. Why have they all got those sort of voices? They come from America. Oh, OK, that's fine, then. All right, good. Yeah. We love them. <laughs> uh, right, Glastonbury, Springsteen, Saturday. Springsteen definitely confirmed, as you probably heard. Blur say they're going to headline the other night, too. And Neil Young's just announced some UK dates knocking around Glastonbury, which would suggest that the rumours for that would be true, and it will be Neil mm. Young as well. Good stuff. Friday uh, is, is a day and a half, isn't it? The yeah. Gigs. Yeah, Friday. There's lots of what going on. Ting tings. Yeah, as Dawn was saying, ting tings. Yeah. Noah in the well. Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, supported by the Black Kids, who are very good at right, the arena, yeah. and uh, the Dodge Brothers, who are uh, a very good sort of country band with uh, Mark Commode, the film critic, plays bass. Really? Bizarrely enough. Is that, is that the funny one with the funny hair who turns up the funny one with the funny hair? That's the kind programs. of one with the... Yeah, Hearts Back to the 50s, and oh. uh, yeah, plays this kind of uh, good country swing music. Very Got good. to keep him busy, stuff. I tell you, with the time the BBC uh, slash oh, the budgets. that was... Jackson, that was the stuff we got heard yesterday that we were yeah. banging on about on Sky. And uh, tomorrow, apparently, this press conference, will it happen? Will Jackson be there? Ooh. And will he announce these gigs at the O2 in July? We keep mentioning it all the time. But apparently, tomorrow, Michael Jackson will, will be, be there going, Please come I'm going to play at the gigs. O2 Arena. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so, kiddo, listen, we're, we'll talk to you next week. All right, have a good week. Bless your heart. That's Steve Hargrave. So, Michael Jackson, will he or will he not be playing? We'll find out later on today on 97.3. LBC 97.3. Still to come, horse racing, but at 26 minutes to seven, the rest of the sport with Alex Jensen. Thank you. And Chelsea manager Gus Hiddink has celebrated his side's desire as the key factor in chasing down Man United's Premier League lead. The Blues, as well as Liverpool, are just four points behind after both sides won last night. Chelsea beat Portsmouth 1-0 away, thanks to a late winner from Didier Drogba, while the Reds won 2-0 at home to Sunderland. Hiddink is pleased to have hope. For everyone, it's good that uh, the pressure is on to go uh, for the championship. Uh, although, uh, when you are in first position, you like to have the luxury. But when you are chasing, uh, as, we, as we try to do, yeah, then it's, it's good to, go, to keep the pressure on. Elsewhere, Arsenal have ended their run of goalless draws and boosted their chances of Champions League qualification with a 3-1 victory at West Brom. The Gunners are now just three points behind fourth-placed Aston Villa. But Villa, as well as Man United and all the Premier League sides not in action last night, have the chance to restore their advantage this evening. Sir Alex Ferguson's confident his United side won't panic. Elsewhere in the Football League, there were home defeats for QPR, Crystal Palace and Charlton, as well as for Watford away. In League One, Millwall strengthened their promotion hopes with a victory, as did Brentford in League Two. The crew announcement for the 2009 boat race takes place later this morning. I'll be live from the river from 7.30. LBC is the official radio station for the event, which takes place on the 29th of March. Pakistan's uh, cricket leaders are considering whether they want to stage forthcoming matches in England. There's unlikely to be any international uh, cricket in Pakistan in the immediate future after the attacks on the Sri Lankan team. Sports Minister Jerry Sutcliffe says England could be used as a neutral venue. And the racing later is at Catterick, Fontwell, Lingfield and Wolverhampton. LBC Sport with Dawkins Bailiffs. Helping commercial landlords get what they're owed. Yesterday... 
rubbish, I'm afraid. <laughs> As Alex says, that was the only way to describe uh, the performance. Swift Sailor pulled up for him, lost £2, total lost £14.21. Your uh, interchoice star, fifth out of 13. So, total profit now, he lost £2. So, your total profit now, £16.09. Still in the black. Yes, still it. Yes, still in the black. Or should we say the blacker? Yes. Well, £16.09 is OK, but, I mean, it could be better. So we're looking for something phenomenal today because the 2.30 at Fontwell is where we're off to with Astrodome win only. Astrodome. OK, for me, uh, Jawa Her, 3.40 at Lingfield. What is it called? Jawa Her. How do you spell that? J-A-W-A-A-H-E-R. Jawa Her. All right. What do that means? Yeah, we should find out. Yes, it must mean something. If she wins, and I believe she is a filly, if she wins, then we'll have to uh, celebrate by finding out exactly what her name is. Yes, what Jawa Her means. Otherwise, we'll try to forget it. Yes, if (laughs) if, if it doesn't win, nobody will care. Okay, that that is is today's uh, horse. So Alex has got the 2.30 at Fontwell, Astrodome win only, and your Jawa Her is in the... 3.40 at Lingfield. At Lingfield. Okay, we just play for fun, remember? It's not serious. What anybody writing and saying, oh, I've lost my life savings. It's an absolute nightmare. As we tell you every day, we play for fun on LBC. There you go. We'll put thank that up on the, uh, the website later. Alex, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. Uh, a, a couple of things in the paper. First of all, I must mention the fact that, especially as we did it the other day, but uh, Arthur Ralph has written from Derbyshire to the paper today. He's the man who invented the banana guard. This is for keeping your bananas from getting squashed and turning black when being carried around. So he's invented this plastic thing, which we had uh, yesterday on the programme. Isn't it funny? We do it one day, and the next day it turns up in the papers. It's like yesterday I turn on uh, Alan Titchmarsh's show. Who was his guest? Who was his guest? Robert Vaughan. And the day before, Robert Vaughan was on with Paul O'Grady. Who had him first? We did, on LBC 97.3, because he was with us last Sunday on the programme. So we get them first. So I can't... Because what I do is, all the guests who sort of come through, I always sort of say to them, are, are you appearing on our live? They say, oh, we're actually going off to do this or do that. And I think, at least we got them first. So that's good news. Uh, Jade Goody's husband could be in jail when she dies from cancer. Jack Tweed, according to the Mail today, sobbed in court. Strangely enough, his, uh, his counsel told of his exceptional circumstances... Although, to be honest with you, I mean, it's, it's, even the, uh, the taxi driver says here, uh, I feel sorry for the things going on in his life, but that's not my fault. This is the Mr Wilkins who says he deserves what he got, he's guilty. This is the taxi driver who Jack Tweed tried to throttle and threatened to stab. I mean, clearly, quite clearly a very nasty person, but very strangely enough, in a closing argument, his uh, counsel says he's already touched on the change his life has had in the past few weeks. Since Miss Goody was diagnosed with terminal cancer, his partying lifestyle is well and truly over. What a load of old rubbish. In fact, I seem to remember the night before the wedding he was out partying. He's off to the sunbed centre most days. Uh, they say here, he tries to care for her, he's unable to work. I don't, I don't see that at all, I'm afraid. I just see that as feeble excuses, which, which council put up. But uh, either way, he'll probably end up going to prison for it. And uh, it could be anything up to, up to six months. I like the idea that Caroline Spellman has got to pay back this money. This is uh, another Tory front bencher. This time, nearly £10,000 of Commons expenses inadvertently misused to pay her children's nanny. So she paid the children's nanny, but it was under the guise of uh, secretarial services. Yes. And then, but, but, of course, they've actually found out that she did nothing wrong. You probably find they're all at it. I find it absolutely unbelievable. The BBC is still droning on about this so-called controversy on a university challenge. He wasn't a student when they came to do the final. Who cares? Who cares? This programme's audience has plummeted, I'm afraid. And the advert, which implied a skin cream could deliver a similar dramatic effect to cosmetic injections, has now been banned. 
This is the uh, television commercial for Olay Regenerist. It claimed pentapeptides, and to be- believe you and me, I've got no idea what they are either, uh, claimed pentapeptides in the cream had been shown to reduce the appearance of wrinkles. A voiceover from beauty journalist Eve Cameron said, women who aren't ready for cosmetic injections constantly ask me to recommend a skin cream that really works. Again, another old piece of hooey, I'm afraid. And luckily, uh, the Advertising Standards Authority upheld a complaint challenging the evidence for the effectiveness of pentapeptides. Procter & Gamble, doesn't sound as exciting now, who own Olay, said it not intended to imply a comparison with cosmetic injections. Well, it bloody well sounded like that. That's what I hate, these uh, so-called beauty journalists who crop up and go this. So so she carried on reading her little script, which she got paid her 30 pieces, and says, I was excited when this study revealed at the World Congress of Dermatology showed that pentapeptides are effective in reducing the appearance of lines and wrinkles. Well, rubbish, isn't it? But luckily, women everywhere will buy into this kind of thing. Uh, creepy voyeurism is how a leading BBC political journalist describes the watching of Jade Goody dying in front of us. Um, there's a green machine. It's a new car. It's a Vauxhall Ampera. Range on full charge, 40 miles. Range on full charge with petrol generator, 300 miles. I don't know if you've driven one of these electric cars before. They're okay, but uh, you just you get used to hearing an engine. I quite like hearing an engine. I'm not absolutely sure that that we shouldn't be hearing engines. And I'm not all this rubbish about green stuff. It's very nice. But I don't think anybody actually adheres to it, do they? Perhaps a few more people than I thought. Uh, reviewing the papers this morning, Eve Pollard will be with Nick Ferrari after the news at seven. They'll be talking about coping with Jade's death. Will that put Tweed on the straight and narrow? I shouldn't imagine he's ever seen anybody die before, so perhaps it might knock some sense into him. I hope so. That would be, uh, would be quite nice. Uh, is Pakistan riddled with terrorism? And are you satisfied with your police service? Also, strangely enough, Crufts, why isn't it on telly? And Caroline Kisco, who's from the Kennel Club, will be talking about that. And Claire Calder, the scientific officer from the Companion Animals Department of the RSPCA. Strangely enough, I remember a friend of mine said about the RSPCA, they had a dog barking. Somebody had locked it in a garden for, I think, about the best part of a week. How it was being fed, I've got no idea. So they called the police, and the police said, we'll call the RSPCA. So they called the RSPCA, and the RSPCA said, what do you expect us to do about it? And you think, well, you come round. So they did come round eventually. Took the dog away. Lo and behold, back in there again. Still barking away, and still the neighbours are complaining about it. I said, the best thing to do with the RSPCA, tell them there's a camera crew there, and you're waiting now. They'll be round like that, I promise you. Why is uh, Jacko Steve making a comeback in the UK? Um, I suppose because he needs the money. I suppose because he needs the money. And uh, Rochelle Thompson and John from Ipswich, good morning. Um, Stephen Harlington says, what do you mean he doesn't know what a Dalek is? Exterminate. Remember at school, boys used to pick on the girls they fancied? Is this the case with you and Posh Spice? Strangely enough, we've not actually uh, mentioned uh, her for a few days now, after the tottering around on those heels. Uh, Amanda in Brixton Hill, happy birthday, 55 today. Good grief, 55. Huh. Uh, another one here. It says, please say hello to uh, Janet in Chigwell. Erica in Loughton says, she's coming with me for a lovely afternoon in Hornchurch on Bank Holiday Monday. Oh, how nice. Oh, how nice. That's lovely. Uh, Sue in Shepparton says, regarding Steve Garrisoud and that Canadian group, the American voice is so Bob Dylan. We are the world. We are the people. Uh, Jawaha is jewel in Urdu. So there you go. You now know. I knew somebody would know. I know. Uh, Baz in Harlow, poor soul, says, please wish Lisa and Barney all the best for their move today. 
Are they, are, they, are they actually moving, or is somebody... Because I, I was always told in Harlow, if you want to move, just leave your front door open. People nick it for you and will actually take it on. Unfortunately, not to your new house. It only goes t- to their place. And, uh, Steve, I don't remember my potty time. So that's good news, isn't it? 16 to 7. This is LBC 97. Crazy Benji says, I wrote that whistle part. I also wrote the whistle part for the Noah and the Whales song in five years' time. So now you know. Of course, I have to take because I've got no idea whether Crazy Benji did, but it sounds pretty good, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at He's Britain's best milkman. He's in the Express today. He works seven days a week, hasn't taken a holiday for years, and has saved his customers from house fires and drug dealers. Tony Fowler does a lot more in his daily milk round than deliver pints. So good for him. Cool. Bit of a, a, a long shot, isn't it, now? A milkman. Good heavens above. Long-forgotten expressions like, here comes the bus, and, oh, look, there's the milkman again. And here he is, a sacked civil servant. His name is Andrew Hamlin. Uh, Andrew Hamlin is an IT officer. He must be the stupidest man going, because he claimed that he was... Uh, he, he went off sick. Uh, and, in fact, he, he was so sick that he actually couldn't do anything. He was off sick for 92 days. He was so sick he couldn't even eat, meet with his uh, bosses. Uh, and yet managed to actually, strangely enough, do a gruelling 66-mile bike race whilst on sick leave. I mean, the man must be the biggest plank under the sun. Anyway, he was signed off sick with a viral chest infection. His bosses attempted to arrange a meeting to discuss his absence, but the superfit cyclist refused, claiming he was too ill. So, of course, they got photographs of him doing this gruelling 66-mile race. Uh, Three weeks later, he took part in this cycling event with 200 other men and women. An employment tribunal in Exeter ruled taking part in the event proved he must have been fit enough. What a stupid man. He represented himself for the two-day hearing, refused to comment. Stupid man. Stupid, stupid man. However, however, something here which is a little bit worrying. One in five couples sleep alone to get a good night's sleep because either somebody will, you know, moves about too much in the bed, they snore or whatever. So most people... I mean, I, I was always amazed that the Queen never actually slept with, with Prince Philip. They had separate bedrooms. He was one end and she was the other end. And, and I remember thinking, that's probably actually quite right, isn't it? How many other couples actually sleep apart? And the answer is probably loads and loads of people. If you want a good night's sleep, that's what you have to do, I'm afraid. Joelle uh, means jewellery. I don't know, yeah, we've got all, all sorts of uh, meanings of it. Now, the Flying Vulcan I mentioned at the beginning of the programme today, the last Flying Vulcan, this is for, for plane spotters everywhere. This is, this is certainly a news story. And uh, they're going to be down in Leicester Square today uh, because they're going to stage a pledge-a-thon. They're, they're looking for funds to keep it going. They've already raised, I think, uh, no, £706,000. Not bad when you consider on Monday they had 450,000. So they're in Leicester Square today, I think. Uh, and hopefully we can see the Vulcan flying at Biggin Hill. So that's interesting, isn't it? So Leicester Square today, uh, the fourth time they've staged a pledgeathon. So if you like the Vulcan and you want to see it at Biggin Hill, it's your last chance to see one, the last flying Vulcan in the world. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. Sun this morning. Uh, has got this bloodbath hitting cricket, which a lot of people were talking about yesterday. 2,000 people lined the streets yesterday to honour three fallen heroes as their flag-draped coffins uh, went past in a solemn cortege. This is Jamie Gunn, Paul Upton and Tom Gayden, all 1st Battalion the Rifles, killed last week when a bomb ripped through their light-armoured vehicle. 
And finally, the British public are getting out there and showing these men the respect which they undoubtedly deserve. If you remember before, they had people coming back and there was nobody there to welcome the troops back. Now at least people are getting out there and lining the streets. So that I'm very pleased on. Do you know that watching people booze on television shows like EastEnders apparently makes you hit the bottle yourself? And I could bear that out. When I used to smoke, if somebody lit up a cigarette on, on television, I found myself inadvertently reaching for a cigarette. But I've never done the same. Somebody reaches for a drink in the Queen Vic. I'm not thinking, oh, I'll have that. If somebody goes out for a burger, I think, oh, no, I'll have a burger as well. That doesn't work the same. But definitely cigarettes. Definitely. Uh, Dawn says, he was saying, this is Steve Hargrave, how he's been getting into vinyl lately. I've noticed that lately more artists and bands are starting to release music on vinyl. I bought a Noah and the Whale vinyl record called The A-Sides recently. It was only released on vinyl. You couldn't buy it on CD or download it. It's a good job I've got a turntable. Do you know, you can get these turntables. I didn't realise, but you can actually get... There are, couple, there are couples. There are companies now making turntables that people have. Years and years ago, people, you know, hid them in these lovely cabinets. But they were all out there. All out there. And you can still buy them now, so that's good news. 84850, uk. More on JK in the paper. And uh, he was staying at this hotel, £140 a night. Uh, then they claimed... Various people claimed he had a, a bust-up. Somebody went outside, smashed his window and uh, shattered it, and also throw, threw stuff over the windscreen. It's a million-pound car. I think it'd have to be balmy to take a million-pound car out anywhere. God knows what the insurance must be like. It's a prized motor, £20,000 worth of damage, because you can't just... Somebody smashes a window, you don't take it in. The more expensive the car is, the more expensive repairs are on it. So for a million-pound car, I would think you're looking at least 5000 They probably have to take the door apart to put a window in. I would think so. Um... I love the story of the drug user who was so impressed, because they generally are cannabis users, and this one was so impressed with himself that he posted a video of his factory on YouTube under his real name. Dopey, Dopey, uh, Shane Burfield, 25, also put his date of birth and his hometown beside the footage. So, of course, the police went round there, raided it. Of course, surprisingly... He's got £500 worth of cannabis plant and hydroponic equipment in a grow tent in the bedroom. He's jobless. Surprise, surprise. Quite clearly not. He admitted cultivating and he was fined 250 quid. He admitted being a heavy user and he said, next time I won't be putting it on YouTube. Next time you'll be going to prison, sweet bee. Next time you'll be going to prison. How stupid these people, aren't they? For goodness sake. Actually, if, if you do go to YouTube, and it's nice to have a look around London so you can have a look at what it looks like now... If you go to YouTube and type in Steve Allen, LBC, London Zoo, up will come our little trip, which we did on Saturday around there. It's quite nice. The phone box bit is particularly interesting. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, it's one of the last surviving special phone boxes. And a few of you have cottoned on to that one. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. Or failing that... Oh, the video I've watched. Wait a minute. Oh, I've, I mentioned the... Hold on a sec. Oh, the uh, Yellowstone Park. But this morning I've got uh, two videos. I think it was two, two videos that I ordered, which I have to watch. Firstly, it's Notes on a Scandal. Bill Nye, Judy Dench, Kate Blanchett. Apparently a real creepy film, and I like things like that. And then I did buy all six episodes of Richard O'Sullivan, Tessa Wyatt, Tony Britton and David Kelly in Robin's Nest. It's only because I like a little bit of nostalgia, which is, uh, which is quite nice. Um, another one here very quickly. I love fashion. I love looking at fashion and thinking, who the dickens wears that stuff? Who the dickens? Uh, Steve, Robert Vaughan was on Alan uh, T's show last Tuesday recorded. Uh, we recorded a week ago. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Steve, Miss Susan Spence on a Wednesday. Can't she do twice a week? 
Sadly not, I'm afraid. No, nobody does, the only person who does twice a week is me. And Dee says, I'd be very surprised if Tweed has the bottle to be with Jade when the time comes, assuming he's not in jail. Just the fact we're talking about him makes me feel fairly sick. I agree with you. Coastal town, rocked by an earthquake, second time in two years. Folkestone in Kent got an earthquake. I'm tempted to say it's the Lord moving in strange ways, but it measured 2.8 on the Richter scale, lasted less than five seconds and rocked buildings, but nobody was hurt. It makes you wonder what's actually underneath there. And in fact, a lot of people have said that they, they worry about the Channel Tunnel. I mean, are, are these tunnels? Well, I hope so, because I'm going under the Channel Tunnel next week. It worries me. I mean, I'm actually quite good with these sort of things. I think I'm quite good. I don't know. You worry about it, don't you? Any tunnel that goes underwater, I'm always slightly, slightly in awe of. But uh, we'll let you know, know uh, next week. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can learn how to podcast and you can learn how to do everything. You can Twitter as well on LBC. Everybody's Twittering. You're Twittering Jenny Barnett. You're Twittering me. And some of you are Twittering James Max as well. I'm back with you tomorrow morning, being Thursday. I wish you a pleasant day. I take an umbrella. And unfortunately, I lost a pound, as I explained at the beginning of the programme. Do download it, please. It helps in, in, our, in our battle to keep going ahead. Next with you after the news, which is next, 97.3. As soon as your car tax runs out, the DVLA 